what did you have to overcome to get across the finish line? Definitely the crowd. <laughs> I know you guys wanted Serena to win, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, of course, Mike Arsenal, we've had him on the show before. He's developed this text relationship with Bianca's dad. Did you text right after she won? I texted actually right before, an hour before the match. Didn't hear to, didn't hear from him until afterwards, and all he said was, "She did it, Mike." And wow. you could just kind of, I mean, there was no a punctuation on that, but you could just you could just feel the happiness that kind of was coming out of that that message. I just can't imagine what the family is going through right now. But I had actually a great viewing experience story. I was in Windsor for a weekend, and so the ceremony was at one thirty. We had a four hour break between the ceremony and when the uh, cocktail hour would start. So we went to the house and we're and we're watching the start of the match, and we had maybe ten hardcore tennis fans watching, and there was fifty people there and all of a sudden it just kind of was like a wave of people like oh did you hear she's 19 yeah. she's Canadian and all this and again so it transcended uh, tennis fans it transcended sports fans it was really a cultural moment for the country and we watched the first set then we had to go to the wedding so I was streaming it on the way to the venue we get to the venue there's no TVs and it was in the second set I'm like we have to get out of here we left the wedding went next door to a bar and watched the final set she was up 5-1 so I'm like this is going to happen I ordered five tequila shots for the five of us and then Serena wins one, two, three, four games. It's 5-5. Five, five. I'm like, do we pour these out? What do we do? And then Bianca was able to kind of maintain her composure, losing four games in a row. The crowd's behind Serena. They're building the crescendo. And then she just breaks their hearts and wins two games to win the championship. It was just an incredible performance. And it was bottoms up. It, and it definitely was bottoms up for the rest of the evening as well. Who's, uh, whose wedding was it? It was uh, Cousins. Uh, cousins. Yeah. And so did you actually leave during the service? You're like, and we're gone. No, no, no. We were there for the ceremony. It was the cocktail hour. Oh, okay. So we just, we, we took one step in Forget for the cocktail, the cocktail hour. And then we left. But the yeah. entire crowd that stayed at the wedding, they were all kind of getting text updates as well on right. their phones, checking the progress. So it was literally, I think, 230 people at the wedding. And I would say at least 90% had a vested interest in what Bianca was going to accomplish then. Do you feel more invested now that you've had the opportunity? to play tennis with her and get to know her Do you, like were you pins and needly more than you were because you're a sports fan and arguably sports fans are like they're a different breed because you know people say oh well we won like it's it's they're part of it but how much more involved do you feel or invested when you know someone well, it was kind of cool because when I first talked to Bianca this was in September 2017 and when I was pitching the story I had to find a different angle other than well I think she's going to be the next best female tennis player in the country because they wanted something else the the news directors so I'm like well it's back to school now so this is a high school kid who's taking a little bit different path they're like okay that's a story mm -hmm. right and I kind of identified that she would be I didn't identify that she was going to do this two years later but she, she would be kind of our next Canadian female tennis talent and to see where she's gone just in that short two-year period I remember when I posted that first story to Twitter I tagged her in it I had more Twitter followers than her I only wow. had around 28 I think she was around 1500 I just checked this morning she yeah. was 130,000 Twitter followers. I bet she got a lot over the weekend. That's I think, for sure. I think she was around 70 at the start of the weekend. So wow. she almost doubled because I thought she was on Good Morning America this morning. She's really kind of taking yeah. no, taking over North American sports for sure. Let's hope she doesn't get trolled because that worries me a lot, you know, because, uh, you know, people love to do that. They love to have, uh, you know, uh, you know, get get on top of people and uh, be abusive on Twitter. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen to her because a lot of people were wanting Serena to win. And win. in fact, she said, you know, that is the opening quote that we started off with is that she, you know, apologized. She knew the crowd was kind of not gunning for her to win the uh, U.S. Open. She says she's had to reevaluate her goals now. Have a listen. 
what's next? What's on the to-do list? Probably a little early to ask, but you're a getting close. Early, you're getting yeah. <laughs> you're getting close to number one. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, I wanted to crack the top 100, but I guess I have to start setting my goals a bit higher. Um, let's say top three by the end of the year, and I don't know win the WTA Tour Finals. Now I bet you that shocks some people when they heard top three by the end of the year because Mike um, I was talking about tennis a lot this weekend as well because that you know everybody's excited about this young woman from Mississauga beating Serena Williams becoming the first ever Canadian Grand cha- uh, Grand Slam champion and people were saying yeah she's number one and I said I actually I don't think she's number one in the world so she is uh, sitting where now? She's number five after winning the US Open and truthfully I don't think she can get to number one by the end of the year there's just not enough tournaments left that there will be the year in championship. If she wins that, she'll get closer to the number one ranking. But what's amazing is as we look ahead to next year, just mm-hmm. remember, Bianca mi- missed two and a half months of the season. She didn't play Wimbledon, and she only played one round of the French Open. So she's basically playing with house money for those two tournaments. So if she, if she has, has deep runs in Wimbledon and the French Open and continues her success at all the other tournaments that she played this year, there's an excellent chance she will be number one next year because it's a, a 12-month rolling system. So it's not just what have you done for me lately, it's what have you done over the past 12 months. You look at your entire body of work when deciding where the rankings points lie uh, at each point in the season. Okay, so she the best she can do is top three because if she could do higher than that she would have said that that's the type of woman that she is yeah it's, it's unlikely with without another major with just the year in finals I don't know how right. much she will play before the year in finals as well it's unlikely that she'll be able to jump ahead of the four women that are in front of her in the rankings board but I think in terms of just if you look at 2019 I think she's around number four so she's gotten more points than most of the other women on the entire tour. And again, she's missed two and a half months. So if she has a full season of full health next year, the sky really is the limit. And if she is healthy for next season, I'll make the prediction now. She will be number one at some point in 2020. Oh, you know, she's she's determined. Let's talk about uh, Serena Williams. Is Serena still number one right now? No, Serena hasn't been number one for a while. So Where she, is she at? I think she's number eight. Okay. Number eight in the world. Um, so she's she really has, I mean, she's had good performances since she's returned from her maternity leave when she had her daughter. Uh, she's lost four Grand Slam finals. So she's still one of the best female tennis players in the world right now. Definitely the greatest of all time if you look at her entire career. But I think she's lost, and we talked about this, I think it was on Friday, she's lost that fear factor. Mm-hmm. Bianca's not scared of her. And that was the most impressive thing that I saw from Bianca. When she was up 5-1 in the second set, if she won that next game, it was almost too easy for her. But the fact that she lost four games in a row, Serena picked her level up. The 23,000 people in the stands sensed that Serena was making a match of it and were all against Bianca, and she was able to persevere and then win the next two games to win the match. I mean, nothing frightens this girl. And you see off court, she's so sweet and kind and effervescent. Mm -hmm. And then when she's on court, she's a stone-cold killer. It's amazing. Okay, let's talk about Serena. Just back to this for a second. I want to play a clip uh, about her talking about her career. They were asking her, um, because she was so happy for Bianca. She did throw in a little little aside, I think, just for the sake of her sister, that if anybody had to win this tournament, she's happy it was Bianca. Other than Venus, of course, she's happy. It was uh, Bianca. And uh, Bianca obviously admires this woman, who is an incredible tennis great. She's talking about the fact that, you know, she's been going, this career's been really long. Finally, Serena, 20 years after winning your first major title, your first U.S. Open, 20 years later, you're still here fighting for the biggest trophies in the sport. What are you most proud of about that? 
Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I just feel really honored to be out here, and I'm just so proud that I'm still, you know, out here and competing at this level because it's not easy, you know, to be in this particular sport for 20 years. Um, but I have to give all thanks to Jehovah God for allowing me to have this moment and to even be here. And, um, you know, my team has been so supportive for all the ups and downs and downs and downs and downs and downs and downs, and hopefully we'll have some up soon. <laughs> I really hope her coach's name is Jehovah God, or he's pretty upset that she didn't mention him in that speech. But uh, she she's lost the last three matches. Is that right? That she's gone for? Well, she she's made it to the final of a Grand Slam four times since returning from maternity leave, and she's lost all four. Okay, so this is not going well. Do you think she knows she's passing the torch here, and is she passing it on to Bianca? Yes and yes. I mean, what Bianca has done is really incredible so far in 2019. But with the thing with Serena, too, she has had a 20-year career, and that really is unheard of in the sport of tennis. I mean, if you look back last generation, Chrissy Everett, women like that, they stopped playing around 30, right? Because it's just, it is such a, a physically uh, and mentally demanding and grueling sport. But Serena was smart with her career. She did take some time off periodically to kind of... Um, up, to to look at other ventures, to kind of get outside of tennis. And she did some fashion stuff for mm-hmm. a while and kind of just to reset and recharge. So I think that's what was able to allow her to have this 20-year career. And this is really something that we've never seen before. And if you go to the men's game too, uh, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, this is uncharted territory. You're not supposed to play this well in your mid to late 30s competing for Grand Slam. So it's just they've moved the goalposts of what we expect from these people. So what Serena is doing is incredible. But when we look in the lens of, well, it's Serena Williams, it's like, well, what's wrong? with her right well, what's wrong is she's 30 years what old and, and she has a, a two-year-old now yeah. right it's it's insane she's got other things on her mind uh bianca is at the start of her career she's uh, doing incredibly well and let's talk about the fact that she signed i think a fifty thousand dollar deal with a vegan company out of montreal to endorse them this year what are we looking at as far as endorsement deals is sky the limit for this young girl i think that vegan company got a bit of a discount on that they they, they bought they bought when the stock was a little bit low yeah. and now it's now it's climbing up i mean i i don't even know what the the numbers would be for a u.s open champion as as a teenager i mean you look at uh, Jeannie bouchard when she had her big year back in 2014 it was nothing like this Right. So, I mean, we're looking at the sky's the limit for what Bianca can potentially earn in endorsements and stuff. But this will be the the big thing for next year is, is she able to keep this going? Is she able to capitalize on her success? And with all people pulling you in different directions in 2020, no one's going to be surprised by her next year. So what can she do in 2020? She Can she build on this? If she does that, I mean, we could be looking at one of the all-time greats. You were talking about the fact that you're texting her dad back and forth. So this is kind of a loaded question. I think I know the answer to this already. But, you know, there's been some talk about Bonnie Crombie naming a street after her. Do you think she deserves that at this point in her career this early? I think maybe you want to wait until she's retired for something like that. Uh Like that seems more of something you do when you look at your entire body of work. Right. Like it might be a little bit early. I mean, definitely as soon as she retires, 100% it should happen because I mean, this this is history. But I think why don't we let her get, let her become a 20-year-old first before we kind of start talking about naming things after her. 